Welcome to The Next Spring, a podcast about renewal and reinvention. After more than a year of pandemic life, the seasons are changing again. Where are we now? What is different? What is the same? And what are these new shoots tenderly emerging in the soil of our lives? In this first season, each episode will explore a different concept or approach to finding our way through this primordial time and deciding where to spring next. I'm your host, Kathleen Goodman, a longtime student of change and transition, a full-time working mom, and an avid learner who loves to spot the links in disparate ideas from biology to art, from system theory to pop music, and so on. This is episode one, The Pilot. We'll start out today's episode with the story. Why did I start this podcast? Then we'll move into the lessons, let's get practical, and finally, the list. Here we go. So, why are we here? Why this podcast? I'm honestly in the middle of my own reinvention right now, Um, and it's uncomfortable. I've worked in organizational development and change for a long time, and I know a lot about transitions. But being in the midst of my own, it feels a little different. I've been doing a lot of thinking and learning and writing over the last several months, and I want to share what I'm finding with you, because I have a feeling, based on the world we're living in today, there are a lot of us out here who are struggling through these same ideas. I named this first episode The Pilot because it's the first episode. But also, it's a bit of a metaphor about flying. I've taken a leap into the unknown, and I'm finding myself wanting the sort of instruments and charts to navigate that a pilot uses to fly their plane, to avoid air traffic, arrive at a clear destination, adapt to weather, etc. But I think in a transition like this, I actually have to navigate a bit more like a bird. They do it differently. They rely on instinct alone, an inner compass, hardwired, that both tells them when to go, how to travel, when to stop and rest, and how to find their way. Unfortunately, it's a lot more uncomfortable to navigate that way. Our instincts deep in our bones are maybe not as readily available to us as the thinky parts of our thoughts that sometimes want to take over when we feel afraid. So like that bird that's taking a leap into the unknown, let me tell you a little bit about the story of how I got here. At this moment in my life, I'm on a teeter-totter. There are a lot of answers to the question, how did I get here? I almost don't know where to begin. Among the more obvious answers is the pandemic. I have a young daughter who was still in first grade when schools closed back in March of 2020. She was a raging mess. But in the process of trying to teach her at home and without any professionals allowed to see her or help me, my mother's intuition figured out that she had dyslexia. Now, lest you worry about her, let's put that to rest. I did finally get some Zoom help in the late summer, and she changed to a specialized school in September, and she's doing well. I did all that while I was working more than full-time hours. I worked for a global health-focused organization, and we were at the epicenter of the storm. I had a big job on a normal day, and it became downright unwieldy when I tried to figure out how to lead and support people suddenly plunged into remote working, and our steady but challenging work on strengthening health systems was hit by the catastrophe of a pandemic. Managing the cocktail of urgency, chaos, overwhelm, and grief day after day was a lot. But in an emergency, there's no time for it. You just kind of set it to the spot behind your right shoulder saying, wait here, you'll have your turn. Just be quiet a minute. But this stuff doesn't wait. 
It accumulates like a snowball. It grew a little with every push I made to get through the day, waiting and growing. And I thought, I'll deal with you when I have space for you. But the heart doesn't work like that. It can hold a lot, but not everything. This is how I came to be there, sitting, shell-shocked in the driver's seat of my car with tears streaming down my face. My doctor had just turned what I intended to be a routine checkup into a hit-the-emergency-stop-button situation. I was being put on medical leave. My body, my heart, my, even my mitochondria were saying, stop, and I had failed to listen. Now, months after crawling my way back to enough stable health to go about my days, I started to feel shame for my weakness, my frailty, my failure to do it all. But it's sort of evolved into a deep knowing and pride over time. I'm not weak. I have strength and courage. I am not frail, but I am wiser about my limits and more in tune with what my body, the earth, and the spheres are telling me. This is how I came to be here, with myself reunited in this moment, eager to see what comes next. I'm not the first to face and heal from too much for too long in too many directions. Ariana Huffington hit her head on a desk, and after rising from that bloody mess, she went on a journey that ended with writing Thrive and starting Thrive Global. And Tom Peters had a significant health scare and spent a month or something like that at Canyon Ranch, taking better care of himself. After returning from my medical leave, I resigned from my job. And I'm in the process right now of reimagining my next chapter. It's an uncomfortable thing, these sorts of transitions. The uncertainty can wreak havoc on my imagination day in and day out. But the journey has begun. Along the way, I'll share my story and what I'm learning. Part two, the lenses. When this transition began for me, I turned to a favorite book for helping people through change. It's called Transitions by William Bridges, where he unpacks three stages to transition. The first he calls endings, and the last he calls beginnings or new beginnings, and the middle he calls the neutral zone. I think maybe there's a better name for that season because neutral makes it sound quite peaceful, but it's actually quite volatile. It's the space between an ending and a beginning where you don't know what's going to happen or how the story's going to turn out. You're not sure if you're heading in the right direction or totally turned around and lost in the wilderness. A central part of Bridges' thesis is that change happens in an instant. You can remember the moment when you got sent home from the office or found out your child's school was going to be closed or met the first person or read the first headline uh, about COVID-19. But transition is a process. And in the ending phase of transition, there are several things that happen. Um, he talks about disengagement, dismantling, disidentification, disenchantment, and disorientation. I've been thinking a lot about our own essentially imposed ending that in various shapes all across the world we've been experiencing. We've had to disengage from going into the office physically for some of us, or our children have had to disengage from being physically in school. We've disengaged from typical activities that we would do every year, the vacation that you always take with the family, the favorite place that you spend holidays and so forth. 
We've also had to dismantle some things. We've I literally dismantled a room in our house in order to make space for um, schooling at home. Um, but also dismantling some of those like typical girls night outs that I always loved um, and the chance to kind of spend time together thinking about the work that I was doing. I believe we're all in the midst of an ending and walking through the neutral zone, trying to find our way to what's beginning. We can't really just go back to normal. Many of us have spent the last few months trying, myself included, but we are different, and back is not actually even there anymore. In this season, we'll look at the journey of transition. How do we poke at the edges of what new beginnings are emerging, stay engaged in the exploration, even though it takes its own time? It's like a shy animal. Run or even walk toward it, and it will escape into the shadows. Look directly at it, and it will hide itself away. But if you gently and slowly step in its direction without facing it, you will eventually find it inching toward you, too. We have to approach this journey like that. Less of the pilot's planning and instruments to guide us, and more of the bird's cellular-level instincts. The answers lie within our very bones. Part 3. The Invitation I'm a pragmatist at heart. And never satisfied just to think about things, but what can I practically do now? So here's my invitation to you. This week it's fairly simple. Get a copy of William Bridges' book, Transitions. Read a little bit of it. Or just think to yourself, where am I experiencing an ending? Where I'm dismantling and disengaging? Or what new beginnings are starting to pop up in my life? The other invitation is to watch the birds. They seem to know where they're going or what they're doing. What is it like to be a bird? How would you navigate on instinct? Part four, the list. This poem is called Ways to Leap. Off a cliff, on a spring, on your tiptoes, from a swing, with your best friend holding hands, when you don't want to, whenever you can. For the heck of it, because you were shoved, over a tall building, under the rug. When you must, when you won't, when you're lost and all alone, without looking, without care, without knowing when or where. When you're scared, when you're not, when it's convenient, with all you've got. Gingerly, without being sure, whenever it works. When your mom tells you to, when it hurts, to get away, to find a new friend, to open a door, to let someone in. With a little faith, with a hope from the past, with a dream from tomorrow, as though it's your last. To explore a new hillside, to get totally lost, to come out together, to land at the top, to show off your power to leave behind friends, to see a new story, to find out how it ends. Just for the heck of it, just this one time, to open your heart, to see the sunshine. Because you're afraid, because you can't stop, because the world shifted, because it did not. To spice things up a little, to get back your wings, 
to open a doorway to magical things, to never wonder, to always know, because you just want to be in life's rodeo, because you are old, because you are young, because no one cares, whatever you've done, because you are tired, because you are scared, because no one noticed, because you got dared, because it is beautiful way over there, because something has called you, because you care. So join me this season as we tackle various ways into exploring the next spring. Thanks for tuning in. Visit thenextspring.com slash listen to find an easy way to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform is your favorite. And I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, I'll leave you with this one last thought. I love this quote that's often attributed to Teller. When we come to the edge of all the light we have and take that final step into the darkness of the unknown, we must believe that one of two things will happen. There will be something solid to stand on, or we will learn how to fly. Mm-hmm.